Welcome back, everyone, to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and got another episode for you guys this week. And this is actually one I wasn't exactly planning on doing it right now, but one I've been looking forward to being able to do nonetheless. And that is another grab bag episode. We haven't done this. I mean, we haven't done it at all since Josh has been here. And I think the last time I did one was over a year ago, truthfully. And if you guys are unfamiliar with the concept of a grab bag, this is an episode where we're going to take questions that you guys submitted over uh, Instagram stories, or some of them were were direct messages, right? Josh and I are going to go through a handful of questions here, and we're going to share our responses. So some of them we're able to get pretty in-depth on. Some of them are a little bit, I guess, out of our sphere or out of our scope, right? Um, we do our best, you know, to bring you guys the the best information that we can. But I think uh, one of the things that's worth acknowledging in that same breath is, and and we don't get it a lot in this space. People have huge egos in the two A space, and sometimes it's good. A lot of times it's very very bad. Uh, but we're pretty, I think, anyways, pretty good about letting you guys know when we're not the experts on something who you should seek out and who you should look to for help and support. Um, if it's something that we can't, we can't give you a lot of information on. Um, sometimes it's like survival stuff, uh, and preparedness things like real prepper stuff. Uh, sometimes it's weapons oriented. I don't know, you know, but we, we do try very, very hard to make sure that if we can't give you guys a complete answer, we're going to do everything we can to steer you towards a resource that can give you a complete answer. So, um, we got a handful of questions. It was a really good time. Um, really, really enjoyed doing this. So I, we might try doing these more often if you guys like it, uh, and just give you an opportunity to kind of converse with us a little bit over this medium, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, so really cool episode this week. Uh, I got some other stuff going on too. You know, right now uh, we're dropping this next week is shot show, which everyone looks forward to. We unfortunately are not able to make the trip out again um, for a couple different reasons. You know, I got some stuff going on. Josh has some stuff going on in the form of a very couple very small humans who rule his life with a, with an iron fist. Um, but but all jokes aside, yeah, we're not able to make it out. Uh, it is a huge. It's a huge. Uh, I. It's a trade show. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna try and give it a fancy. Uh, <laughs> some kind of fancy name. <clears throat> it's a trade show is really what it is. It is a two-way industry trade show is what shot is. Um, and I actually got to explain it to a coworker today at my day job you know, around what it is. Um, and if you guys are unfamiliar with what shot show is for any reason, it's basically the industry show of the year where all the firearms and optics and lasers and clothing and gear companies all come together and fill up Vegas and have an outrageous time uh, while trying to, uh, promote and put out and announce uh, or debut right their new their new gear. Um, some of the things I'm looking forward to seeing, um, which the next time we record, shot will have been started. So none of this is gonna, should be groundbreaking, and none of this is actually secret uh, because we've I know this because of announcements made on social media. Um, the Iris laser from Hollow Sun, because the civilian laser industry is badly in need of alternatives. Um, I think it's the Ocal or something like that. It's, uh, the, the Z bolt civilian laser unit. Um, it's supposed to have a better illuminator. Um, interested to see how both of those turn out and how both of those do. And more importantly, when we'll actually see them to market, uh, looking at you EOTech, cause we're still waiting for the OGL to hit, uh, in the civilian market and hopefully at a reasonable price, God willing. 
Um, but yeah, we got that going on. Uh, we got some court case stuff going on at the ATF, as always, in the pistol brace ban, and they may have actually shot themselves in the foot uh, by invoking language about taxes and how the tax stamp was originally uh, a thing created to dissuade people from purchasing, which I think legally then it equates to an infringement, which is obviously unconstitutional. Um, but we're, there's actually several court cases going on in that effort that are in favor of gun owners. And that's always something we like to see. And we like to try and keep you guys up to speed on that. Um, if you are interested in more on that arm scholar on YouTube does an outstanding job with his content. And he, I believe has like a legal background and is actually able to speak intelligently on what's going on with those court cases and those rulings and why it's impactful and why it's important. Um, so that's all really, really good stuff and things that we should all be keeping our eye on, especially as it's 2024. So, those of you not keeping track, it's an election year, bruh. So um, Donald Trump did win the Iowa caucus uh, pretty, pretty like handedly uh, from from what I can tell. So um, more to come on that in the next 10 months, right? The election is in November. So, uh, you know, and a lot of people didn't like Trump because of the bump stock ban and things like that and whatever. Um, but I, I think if, if, the choices come down to our sitting administration and what equates to the previous administration uh, with Donald Trump. I think a lot of us would agree that uh, we'd rather go back to the way things were pre-COVID than the way things have been uh, through COVID and post-COVID. Um, so, you know, lots to get into there. And I'm sure over the next several months here, we will definitely be getting into them. Um, but we have to say thank you uh, to a couple of people that make this podcast possible. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, we've been doing our thing for, oh, three and a half years now, <clears throat> something like that, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be what you're hearing today without the support of, I mean, honestly, the Patreon has been huge for us. I uh, need to say a big thank you to our Patreon patrons. If you guys are looking for a way to support this podcast, if you look forward to hearing our new episodes every week, and I know you guys are out there because you reach out and you tell me, which always makes my day. If you're looking, if you're looking for a way to support us, head over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod and check out everything that we have going on there. Uh, I'm working on a, a series right now. It's uh, started as a exclusive pod episode that's only available on Patreon. There's at least one blog post right now and then a video to go with it. And there's me more and it's all focused around why you should be learning CQB as a civilian and demonstrating some you know, CQB civilian fundamentals and things like that, um, as well as how you can work on them in your own home before seeking out actual training from an actual certified instructor. There are some things you can learn and some skills that you can build prior to getting into class so you feel less like a fish out of water when you're learning a lot of those new concepts. Um, we also have drills on there and downloadable and printable targets and all kinds of good stuff, man. So head on over to the Patreon. That's the best way to support us if you really do enjoy the podcast. Um, but aside from that, we have some really cool partners in the industry, many of whom, if not all of whom, will be at SHOT Show. So need to say thank you to a couple companies very specifically here, and we will start by saying thank you to Custom Night Vision. Guys, uh, I know we have a couple questions that pop up that pertain to night vision in, in this episode because I'm recording the intro after we already talked. But uh, if you're looking for night vision, let Custom take care of you guys, all right? It's customnightvision.com. They have a bunch of in-stock units today. 
ranging in price from, you know, around $3,000 all the way on up to whatever, you know, you can imagine for some really, really good bino options that are out there in white phosphor L3 tubes. And if you don't know what any of that means, it's okay. You can head over to the website and they have a built-in chat function where you can speak with one of the team members from custom. They're more than happy to help you guys answer your questions, walk you through the purchasing process, walk you through the selection process. It can be very overwhelming. And I remember because it wasn't that long ago that I was freaking out, bugging John from LARP Labs, uh, asking for guidance on how to pick my PVS-14 and you know what specs and stats and things I was looking for. And is white phosphor really better? Is Elbido? okay you know there's so many questions the team at custom is there to give you the most transparent buying experience that they possibly can so whether it is your first pvs 14 or maybe it's a tonto unit right uh something a monocular a single tube because you have a low budget and you don't know if you're gonna like it or your your wife just won't let you spend more money that's okay they have a bunch of those in stock and they're one of the very few companies out there that actually list images, pictures, right, of what your tube's going to look like. So you know what you're getting, what you can expect to see through that tube before you go spend the thousands of dollars and commit a bunch of funds to it. They also have in-stock options like 1431s and Katanas and, you know, RNVGs if you're looking into binoculars. They they stock hom- uh, helmets, I'm sorry, from Opscore, Team Wendy. They have lasers from Steiner and BE Myers, optics, lights, and more. Guys, let one, uh, so, sorry, Jesus, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let custom be your one-stop shop for anything you need night vision. They got tons of stuff in stock right now. And I do mean a ton. All right. in all of the, the, the categories that we just rattled off, go check out the website. And I guarantee you guys will be surprised. Their prices are pretty darn good. Uh, pretty much best that I've found. And they still, last time I checked, have a pretty killer deal going on an Acro P2 if you're looking for one of those. So it's customnightvision.com. Go check it out for yourself. Thank you as well to HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, if you're looking if you're looking for good quality nylon gear, it can be difficult, right? There's a lot of companies out there producing gear. Some of them have a good big following online, which isn't always even an indicator of quality. Some of them have a smaller following and then you have questions around lead times and sizing and is it really going to hold up to what I need? Things like that. Let HRT take care of you, all right? They sent me out one of their LBAC carriers in June. I've been running that for the past seven months, and it is probably the most comfortable carrier that I've ever used. And it's probably because it's it's load-bearing. It's designed to disperse weight across your back, so that it, whether it's just the plates or it's plates and whatever you got in your front placard and your you know uh, back panel, it spreads all of that weight out and uses a really, really interesting Tigris cummerbund design to help secure it to your body and spread all of that weight out. It's very comfortable. HRT did a great job with it. They also have their rack and their A-track carrier if you're looking for something you know, a little bit more, you know, uh, standardized, I guess, for a plate carrier, for lack of a better term. Their arc belt has been fantastic. They make just great gear, you guys. Their Maximus placard is my absolute favorite, and I've tried probably five or six different companies for placards. Head on over to hrttacticalgear.com, check it out for yourself, and pick up some new gear today. And lastly, now I have to say thank you to the guys over at 100 Concepts. If you're looking for a way to reduce your physical signature. If camouflage is something that you're worried about, then you need to check out 100 Concepts. 
things like the reflector on your white light, which everybody should run a white light on their long gun, things like the reflection off of your scope, whether that's an LPVO or something with a higher magnification, those are things you need to consider out in the field, and those are the same problems that the team at 100 set out to deal with. Head on over to 100concepts.com. You can check out their scope caps, their pro caps, which actually have an anti-reflective device built into it so that when you're using the glass, you don't have to worry about a reflection. Their hex caps, right? So maybe it's an offset red dot or something enclosed like a T2. Those have anti-reflective protection out as well. And the light caps. The light caps are what really got these guys started and really picked up the traction on social media and out there in the world and kind of catapulted them uh, to where they are now. If you've been following on social media, they're they're expanding. They're moving. They're, they're doing all kinds of good stuff. Guys, the company motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. Absolutely fantastic group of guys. Jarrett, uh, Jared, sorry, Jonah Garrett, if I can not merge those into one human (laughs) Garrett, Jonah and Pierce. Okay. The three dudes over at 100, they're crushing it. They're doing really, really great. And they got a lot of sales going right now too. So you're able to pick up this stuff, save a little bit of coin, or maybe just buy more, honestly, um, and be well-prepared and be in a, in a good position. So head on over to 100concepts.com. Check it out for yourself today. They're a big supporter of ours and super, super proud to be working with those guys. But all right, <clears throat> let's get on over to this uh, this episode this week. You know, me and Josh sit down. Uh, we get into the whole grab bag. I think I keep saying a handful. I think it's like eight or nine questions that we get into, um, and we try to go pretty in depth with it too. Again, like I was saying, you know, some of them we're able to go in depth. Some we're really not, just because we're limited. I would rather give you guys, you know really good answers when we can, and then give you really good resources to look into or reach out to when we can't give you that answer. Um, I don't think there's any shame in admitting that we're just not subject matter experts on every single thing, Um, but we'll do our best to steer you guys in the right direction always. And uh, I think those of you guys have been riding with us, hanging with us for a while now, you know that. Uh, In fact, I actually got a message this week from somebody thanking me. Hey, your Instagram live you did on Black Friday steered me in a really good direction, saved me a bunch of money. I really, really appreciate it. And that's awesome to hear that that what we're out there doing is is working and we're able to help you guys out and direct you towards some amazing businesses and things um, that are going to do better for you and also just give you guys good information that's going to help you be more capable and more prepared. So with that, I'm going to jump us on over here to our grab bag episode. Me and Josh get into it. We cut it up. It's a good time. Check it out. Okay, so... I kind of I, I kind of love uh, doing these episodes. I haven't done one in a really long time, but I do like answering questions like kind of out for the, the universe to hear the answers because some of these I get like I get a lot. You know what I mean? Like when people are like, hey, what's, 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 oh, well, my Gen 3 Glock fit in this Safari Land holster that I use for my Gen 5 Glock 19. And it's like if a 19 is a 19. And the 45 will probably fit if it's Safari Land because it's all off your ejection port. That's the nice uh, thing about Glock is you know they're not going to innovate enough to change that shit. <laughs> it will stay perfection yeah. and never never even dabble in getting better or different, I should say. It'll all be compatible yeah. for the most part. Right, right, right. Um, so for those of you guys listening that, that don't know what this is, uh, I call it a grab bag. But it, it's basically we put out uh, on the social media uh, like an Instagram story asking, we did like two or three times asking for questions for this specifically. Um, and 
usually, or at least in the past, right, I had done it by myself. So it's a very like shallow one dimensional answer. And, you know, so, so Josh has like his own opinions and thoughts and, and, and ideas behind what the right answer to some of this stuff is. Some of it, uh, might trigger him, which would be great. But um, uh, some of it, uh, I don't know, it might be pretty straightforward. So um, let me get, I have my like my list O, list O questions. Hold up here. He's so ready. (laughs) All right. First question. Um, And I'm not going to use, I don't have anybody's usernames and stuff. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to, you know, address this person, whatever. Um, And he actually had like five questions he put into one. So this was, this will, this will get interesting. Um, the first one is what apparel would you recommend? Which is it's super open ended, right? Like it kind of it kind of depends what you're trying for, to do for school, for <laughs> church, for mowing the lawn, for, for therapy no, um, sessions. Yeah, I mean, so I will say I, I have not, I have not put a lot of time in on different clothing brands and things like that. Um, I will say. I've had exceptionally good experiences with the stuff I got from beyond clothing, which it is a little bit more pricey, right? I mean, relatively speaking, it's not pricey, but you're going to pay like, you know, I think when I got stuff on sale, I got the pants for like a hundred bucks and the top was like 80 or something like that. Um, which it's really well made. The pants are super adjustable. You can adjust the, the length. You can adjust the waist. Like, and it's got, uh, I don't know what's in the waist. Something it's, there's something rigid in the waist, like to, to help if you're wearing a battle belt, you know, like it's pretty well thought out. Um, well, you don't wear cry G threes everywhere you go. I don't, I'm not Gucci enough to spend $400 on combat pants. I don't know. Is that bad? I, I also do not own $400 combat pants. Yeah. Uh if they were they, given to me, I'd be like, hell yeah, but I'm not gonna there's other yeah, stuff I, mean, I want to spend money on, dude. And I, I actually, have I have so um I have tons of issued equipment f- from the last few years. Mm-hmm. It I works. mean if you're on a if you're on a budget, that's really the way to go. Like go to surplus yeah. stores or find somebody who's in the military and have them take you to the, the PX or whatever yeah. and 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 buy surplus. You We're know? talking specifically to this question, apparel. Like, yeah, if you gotta have a buddy that if you're close to a base and get you a, a, mm-hmm. a field uniform or some some um, cold weather clothing is really good. Like that, they call them silks and waffles. Um, it's the snivel gear. It's just like a base layer and then a little bit more um, that you can wear under regular clothes. Stuff's awesome. The military stuff is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yeah, really I, just never, I, I never dabbled into the really Gucci combat tops and bottoms. I've done Condor combat tops uh, a month long. Tr- one, my one Condor, I've only had one. The combat top lasted two NTC rotations and never ripped, which was a big deal. That's a month long in the desert. Um, and the one issued combat top I had did rip. Um, on the first NTC in the shoulders, like some of the condor stuff really isn't bad for clothing. Um, yeah, I, have a couple seen, I haven't done any, I haven't done any pants. Yeah. They're, I mean, you're, you're going to get, it's, this is what it depends on. It, do you, are you going to post it online and care what Reddit tells you is terrible or where we live? Um, <laughs> nobody in our sphere really cares if I'm wearing five eleven pants. Or actually, people you're more top. likely you're more likely to get shit for wearing five eleven just because 
they put their logo on absolutely everything. That said, I mean, 511 right. does. You've heard, they, you've heard they, me poke fun at it, but yeah. their clothing really isn't bad. I would not go no, into their black carriers. I would not go into their nylon gear. Their clothing, I mean, I wore their basic, I don't know which level because I don't, I don't know which line of pants they have that I wear, but just I, I spent like 50 bucks in the store and got a pair of pants to hike around in. They're a little heavy, but they're mm-hmm. water resistant. They're really strong, like busting through brush and thorns in those things was awesome. Um, really can't complain. I have two pairs now um, that if I'm going out, I don't wear them to the range really, you know, but I'm going to wear them this weekend coyote hunting with uh, some snivel gear, some issued snivel gear underneath them. And it should do better than, you know, jeans. Yeah, I mean, if, if as long as you go name brand, you're probably going to be okay, and that can mean a variety of things. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, yeah, Five Eleven's cringy only because they put their logo on absolutely everything. Um, but it's well It's it's absolutely well made, and you're not going to regret spending the money. Um, like you said, I I mean, we obviously we wouldn't recommend their plate carrier because we just wouldn't, and some of their nylon CrossFit. It's well, it's very and it's very behind the times, right? Like they haven't really updated to the the standards that we see with a lot of other gear. But from an apparel standpoint, <clears throat> you could do a lot worse than their pants. Their shirts are really well made. I have one of their button downs I got for like twenty bucks on clearance. Um, that's yeah. very very well made. Um, I, you know, if you stick to your brand names, you know you're pretty okay. If you're talking about base layers, because we are in the middle of winter, um, I have a Under Armour. Uh, it's not yep. really a turtleneck, but like that you, thing, you and Amy talked about that on the last God. episode. She's like, you don't have to go crazy on your base no, layers as long as you it's really don't. Uh, an, it's long as it's an actual base layer, you know, um, freaking long johns, dude, like don't sweat in them. You don't want them to get wet because they're not the best material, but they'll keep you warm. Right. Well, and, and the goal in really cold weather is to not sweat. So, and if you're looking for like socks, like I know a lot of people have a lot of different brands of wool socks. Personally, I've had fantastic luck with like the four pack from Costco. And it's like 20 bucks. Actually, it might yeah. be cheaper. You can get it on Amazon. It might be like 15 or 18, which is a steal for merino wool socks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's- My wife the, saw- the, Oh, sorry. No, I, I was just gonna say the one word of caution I'll give people is it's very alluring, just like it is with a lot of gear, right? Uh, depending on, or kit, whatever you're looking at. On Amazon, you can find, right, some knockoff gear- knock off battle tops and combat tops and stuff like that. I've got two sets. I got one that's Ranger green and it was actually like Ranger green, which I was excited about. Um, oddly the top and the bottom were not from the same company. It just worked out. And then one that's like a multi-cam ish set of uh, a top of pants and they're okay. They, but they mm-hmm. feel, they have like a plasticky feel to the material, which, which will get better with break in. I mm-hmm. would think some of the, I mean, even the issued stuff will feel sort of weird at first. Uh, yeah, you just have to it, know that, it, you know, get some UV light on it and wash it. You just got to know that what you're getting is not the name brand. And to, right. I mean, the biggest, the biggest caution with that is that your sizing is probably going to be a little bit goofy. It's probably not going to fit the way that the real stuff would. I have had some people tell me like, hey, the Emerson gear G3 clone pants are actually more comfortable than the cries. Um, I've not tried either. But for what it's worth, like, here's the thing with apparel, if you're looking for stuff out, like that's really going to hold up, I kind of put it in the same category as your medical, like, don't, don't skip out, don't skimp on it. Because if you're out there and you need something that's water resistant and you got the cheap shit and it starts raining, you're going to be wet and miserable. And there's a whole lot of other issues Mm -hmm. to go with that too. 
I mean, do what you can. Um, if anything else, look into like quality materials above anything else. And then you can kind of go backwards from there. Um, I don't, do you have like, do you have like a, do you have a preferred brand of jean that you like wearing or, or carrying with? I just keep buying Lee's on Amazon, <laughs> the, the oh, stretch okay. bit, whatever. I've always liked sort of the stretchy jeans. <clears throat> and I can still carry, I can still carry, I don't size up my jeans for my holster. You don't really have to do that anymore with modern yep. jeans. Yep, modern um, denim. Yeah. And uh, I wear an elastic groove belt, uh, like the groove rings, you know, those rubber rings. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a belt. Um, you can actually buy them in like Dunham's and stuff. I, they they carry them now, which is cool. I, I've been wearing the groove belt for almost two years and uh, it's awesome because I can tighten it and it kind of expands with breathing. And if you're going out to eat and stuff like it, you don't have to really worry about loosening um, the belt. Uh, anyways, um, what I was going to say when we were talking about like more field stuff real quick, the yeah. cool thing you get with issued uniforms and clothing that you don't get with the Amazon brand stuff. They're both in about the same price category. Granted, the issued stuff is not as high speed as like the cry knockoff stuff. But what you do get with the issued stuff is it has the burn proof materials where they're not going to melt to your skin if you're exposed to depending on what you're doing with them. That's more Mm -hmm. of a combat thing. But it it is cool that they're rated for actual combat and they're um, treated for bugs too. So it won't last forever, but a new set, um, it actually is treated for bugs to keep the bugs off you, which is nice. Yeah, Um, something else to think about. So airsoft stuff, you'll get some of that cry knockoff stuff that might feel better, um, but it's not going to be that it could, it, it'll, I mean, it'll burn and melt and then it won't be treated for bugs. So some think about if you're spending that much money and now we're on like civilian clothing, regular everyday stuff that probably applies Just to don't, don't be the super cringy guy. Don't wear five eleven clothes in your everyday life. I mean, no, sure. you get away with, you know, like a button down or something like I mean, fine, whatever. Um, if you happen to find one of their like 12 pieces they make that has a like inconspicuous logo stitched into it somewhere, you might be able to get away with it. Um, like I wear that's peak sheepdog, bro. You don't know what you're yeah. talking about. They're they're way more high speed than you and me. Peak well, sheepdog. Yeah, I'm, still, I'm still working on it. I, I rock the uh, like, honestly, the, you know, I like American Eagle jeans. I don't know why it's, yeah. it's I wore those when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's uh, I've I started because you watch Lucas. No, it's because they were the first ones that mainstream came out with the flex denim. And yeah, it was awesome. uh, The lady at at the store like got me to try them on. And I was like, wow, these are, these are amazing. And I went back. Um, I like the way they fit. I know the way they fit. So I know my size and everything. And uh, that's past that. I I don't really have any dedicated brands. Like go to Cabela's, you know, like the, was it Red Hen or something, whatever the flannels. That's like what I'm wearing right now. I love flannel. Redhead, yeah. Yeah, redhead. Um, that stuff is amazing, and usually you can get it for like twenty bucks for a flannel, um, which is outstanding. Especially because here in Michigan, you can wear flannel about six months out of the year. Um, and past that, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You know, we could get into have shoes, ever, but that might be different. Have you ever dabbled in Vertex? You see that a lot online a lot. I don't know if there's sponsorships not there tried, or not, but you yeah. do see Vertex quite a bit. Yeah, I've I've tried. I have one of their bags. Their bags are good. Okay. I've messed with their jeans or anything though. Um, I have one of their concealed carry shirts, and it's actually pretty cool. It's a button-up blue shirt, and then it has like the bottom half of it underneath the chest has a built-in like undershirt that can tuck into your pants. Um, and it's a nice material, and you can conceal carry with it in the summer, and it kind of feels like you're wearing a regular t-shirt, not having to wear a full like undershirt. 
um, that and, yeah. and it's like a cleaner cleaner get up than just a t-shirt you know so for certain like easter or whatever if i'm f- family events wear that mm-hmm. um and it's an easier yeah, way to carry it's, stick it's, to the name brand. i like it you know, uh columbia is a good one for outdoor gear if you just <laughs> need a jacket or a raincoat or something it doesn't have to be you know super high speed um and yeah. if you go to like the columbia the the outlet stores you can find some smoking deals on uh they got but like lightweight breathable button downs for the summer if you're looking if you're you're looking for that or you're into that hiking pants i got my wife some through there she really liked uh columbia has a lot of good stuff and they're not actually one of those super i don't think anyway uh super woke companies that panders towards the uh the left side of the world i should say so um okay <clears throat> next question that was a lot of time on clothing <laughs> yeah there's a lot of time um next question how many mags should you carry on your gear slash kit god damn it so i guess we'll start easy right we'll start easy and say with concealed carry and we'll get this out of the way yes. i am personally i'm a proponent of carrying an extra mag and the reason being is not necessarily that i think that if i were to ever get into a self-defense scenario that i would need an a because I carry a 19 now, right? I don't think I would need more than 16 rounds. I carry a a, a spare magazine because a magazine is more often than not going to be your failure point. You know, base pads come off, uh, springs wear out. I mean, whatever, right? More often than not, if you have a problem with your gun not feeding or not running, I don't want to be sitting there, you know, tap racking and picking stuff out and trying to, you know what I mean? I just want to be able to drop the mag and go to my spare yep. and, and and get back to work if I ever needed to. Um, Agree. And I'll carry my medical. On, I, I know like right now, like the, the sidecar, right? You can attach a tourniquet or handcuffs or whatever. You know what I mean? I would rather carry my medical independent of my firearm. So if I did go non-permissive, uh, I would still have my yep. you know tourniquet or or blowout kit or yep. i mean whatever you know what i mean and everything holster is gun and carry related boom holsters on holsters off i agree i mean i still carry a gen one sidecar so I, like obviously i agree with that um <laughs> i would say if you're going to only have the gun the the magazine on you is going to be the one that's in the gun you're not going to carry your spare um you got to carry a compact or a full size I, i'm not i'm not going to have 10 rounds or less you won't you I really don't think it's a good idea to just have a wheel gun or a um, a forty three with how many like six seven rounds. Of uh, I think it's with um, a forty three. If you were me and you're carrying because as the extension, it's eight seven plus one. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you're if you're just going to be carrying one gun, I think it makes the most sense if you're going to have one magazine, fifteen rounders, seventeen rounders, nineteen rounders. You can make it work just about mm-hmm. everybody can can make it work um but i agree with you i think um it's always good to have a spare especially if the my, if the main reason you might be carrying would be an active shooter um honestly i'd rather have a rifle so i i'd take all the mags i can get um if i if it was a different scenario obviously if we're talking self-defense at a gas station or um you know somebody's right on top of you that's different but if it's if it's anything bigger than that um yeah more bullets is gonna always be better so like on a plate carrier, cause this is, and this is where everybody gets all the, he see you're getting the heartburn too. Everyone gets all bent out of shape. I talked about this already on an episode, didn't I? I don't want to go all the way down. Cause I talked about this at length, didn't I? I feel like I did. Maybe I will just say, I, I will say that I think you should carry. I mean, the standard civilian guy loadout is basically three mags. 
you can get away with less. Like realistically, you could probably get away with less. There is you could do the concealed carry thing and have one in the gun and one on the play carrier. You, you could, you know, uh, there's a lot of dudes. I personally wouldn't, but there's a lot of law enforcement guys out there like Mojo, uh, Nine Banger, uh, tons of guys, right? JT that was on uh, with me a couple weeks ago, right? These guys are all in law enforcement. They're all doing, you know, like operational stuff and they're carrying one extra mag, maybe two. And in some instances, those are 20 rounders, not 30 rounders. So it really is dependent on what your missions, your mission is. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're going to... Uh, I guess without getting into a big convoluted thing about it, all I'll say is you need to make the determination of how many mags you should carry. I would say if you have a sidearm, you need at least one spare mag for each platform, right? So one extra pistol, one extra rifle at minimum. And <clears throat> don't just subscribe to whatever talking head told you you need to have. Ooh, five is the infantryman's loadout. So you should have at least five or you should have it's at least seven. seven. It's, is it seven? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, know. it's seven. Yeah, two hundred and ten rounds. Um, yeah, yeah, it just depends it, on what we're doing. It to, to, instead of saying all the different scenarios, I'll tell you what mine are. Um, generally, a plate carrier is always staged with three mags in the front, and my belt has a mag in it. Yep, my my chest rigs might have more, um, but like I have one plate carrier staged, like ready to go, like with the radio, with the medical. That one has three mags in the front and two more pouches that I could throw mags in. If I wanted to, I always have mags loaded all are, like in different places. If I have like wherever my ammo is stored, like there's loaded mags there too. So like I could slip more in if I needed to. Mm -hmm. um, but see, and that's you, where, you, that's where yeah. like th that, that's where I've actually, I've added some. So I've gone from three because I got a, the LBAC's a load bearing apparatus. So, and it has a built-in pocket for another, you know, mag if I need it or whatever. So I carry four yeah. mags on my plate carrier now. And I went from one on my belt for the rifle to two because I do the horizontal mag up front now. Um, and, and time will tell if I keep that, you know, but right now today, if, if I'm telling you, you know, what I'm carrying, um, I have four on the chest, two on the belt, and then I have two pistol mags on the belt. Um, yeah. All subject to change. I think you should... You know, if you're the one to ask this, or if you're somebody who's has asked this question, try out some stuff. If you genuinely find that you really uh, you don't you have too much weight on your waist, take your rifle mag off of your belt, or take rifle mags off your belt altogether. Potentially, yeah. some people don't like to run it that way. Um, so, I know we don't want to get all the way down in that. We don't want to get caught up on that because like, like that's that's what I'm I have here in. In, in in reality, um, if in a hypothetical, I was actually like a combat situation. Yeah, I'm gonna have seven to fifteen mags on me. Oh shit! Yeah, um, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna fill my backpack. It's different, exactly. Um, but we're we're talking about just generally. I think yeah. I think three in the front is aesthetically pleasing as well. Um, <laughs> but looking cool. Uh, yeah. Like you're fine. I I, th I talked about Stephen Williford that stopping that shooter in texas um and he was loading mags by hand on his way up to about he was getting ready to go like, smoke if you have one mag staged in your rifle you're you're already way ahead of that so um yeah let's let's move on yep <laughs> um here's the dm this us is, about it if you want to talk about yeah it if you want more dm us about it maybe we'll i'm not gonna do a whole episode on it but we can give you a more god no um how much cash should we keep on hand for emergencies 
and that's a tough one. Um, What's cash? Yeah. Well, you see, back in the day, we had paper money. Um, so I, I, I keep saying I want to have like a thousand dollars, like in the safe, ready to go. But it's that's not. I would be lying if I said I have that right now. I, cash is not a part of my wife and I's life, and that should probably change. I'm interested to hear your perspective. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's a tough question to answer because ideally, you would you could dream up. Well, not it's not ideally, but you could right dream up any number of scenarios where cash would be the easiest way to get you out of whatever problem you have, right? So like it'd be easy to say, hey, you should have five grand cash in your safe at any time, right? So that you can go out and you can buy a reasonable used vehicle from somebody and take <laughs> off you with your I mean, like bug out with your family or something, right? Like have you have you heard that? Uh, it, I mean, that's one scenario. Like I, I've heard, uh, like, uh, what Sean Ryan, right. It, it would talk about how he always wore a Rolex because if things ever got weird. And if you guys have heard Sean's story, he used to live in South America and he had like a weird, right. part of his life, but he, he could, he could trade that Rolex in a pinch for a vehicle, like a reliable, decent vehicle because it's a Rolex and everybody recognizes that cash. It's a little bit harder. It's a little bit different, especially a, like you said, we, we what's cash like we are moving we are constantly moving and like and i work in finance and i regret that we are moving like that far and that hard away from tangible currency um but we're moving towards digital currency in the event that we find a scenario where this where things get weird like your currency might be whatever you have to trade. It may not, it's not going to be Bitcoin. It's not going to be like dollars and stuff. I mean, or maybe it is dollars. Maybe if there's a collapse, people want something tangible. We go back to the dollar based system. And so, but, but here's the thing, five grand is a lot of money. That's a lot of money um, for anybody, you know, unless you're like independently wealthy and you've been working at this for years and years and years and you set it aside because it's not like it's a rainy day fund. That's like your survival fund which to me would be completely separate from your bank account savings for things like new windows, things like a new roof, things like new furniture. You know what I mean? Um, so it, I don't know if we can give you an answer on that one, man. I mean, it's, it, it depends on what you make, how much extra you can I, afford I, to set aside. Yeah, every I, mean, I guess if you have the means, um, it's not a bad idea to have a lot of it on hand. Um, I would say you should I, try. I'm like weirded have out about having it. I would say, like between 500 and a thousand would probably get most things done for you reasonably mm -hmm. speaking um if you can do more yeah. great if you don't have it i don't know that you're at a huge disadvantage just because like you said we're going digital you know yeah yeah it's it's yeah, if all, if all that collapses we probably have a lot worse things to worry about yeah your barter system is going to go to you're going to go to food and ammo and clothing and things before cash becomes a consideration or you know precious metals and and uh um actually and ben one of our listeners and he's a patreon patron um ben garcia he actually wrote a book um it's not a zombie apocalypse it's just a straight up apocalypse novel like fiction right um and in there in multiple points in there like he references the use uh the exchange of gold and silver as a currency because cash becomes so much less valuable 
you know, um, whereas precious mm-hmm. stones and gold and things and, um, and some of those services, they used to like sponsor like grand thumb and stuff like that. You guys, I, you said you look, you, you're gonna have to do some looking into that on your own or talk to an investment advisor. I don't, I don't know enough to, to tell you, I can just tell you, you know, if you have some cash in hand, cool. If not, I don't know that you're really going to be hurting too much. So, um, okay. Next, is it worth it to invest in a radio? So I guess it depends on what kind of radio, like if you're, if you're talking, I think a $20, I think a $20 Beofang is worth it. If like nobody can say that they can't afford that. So why not get one? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking to learn how to use a radio beyond like your Walmart walkie talkie you had when you were seven, like, or listen to emergencies broadcasts or yeah, like, like truly learn how to band hop and how to use the radio. And Lindsay, uh, Lindsay do said this when we had her on the podcast, right? Like there is not much out that will give you as much training as a Baofeng UV five R will for 20 bucks. So, um, now if you're talking like, like you're getting into ham radio and you're going to put up a 35 foot tower on your property and you're going to learn how to, you know, reach cross country and stuff, uh, that I don't know that you'll have a ton of value with that. I mean, it, it will. Right. But uh, I don't, it's gotta be something that you're going to have to, you, you need to learn and understand the science behind it, you know, to really see value out of that. If you're talking about radio on a kit, you can go the Baofeng route, which a lot of guys do, and even more guys bitch and moan about. Um, here's what I will say. I think I've said this before, and I think you maybe you'll agree. Uh, do not over-invest in your comm setup if the rest of the guys in your training group are not also doing the same. And the reason I bring that up is it does no good for you to have a radio and like a super, you know, get some like brand new contacts, right? Oh, I dropped, you know, two grand on contacts and I, I dropped, you know, $600 on a radio and another $200 on a push to talk. So you're like four grand deep, whatever, right? It does you no good if you have nobody to talk to, you know? So if you have nobody to talk to, if there's nobody to, to call for help, if there's nobody to reach out to the radio isn't, or the super Gucci radio isn't going to offer you anything more right? Than what the Baofeng would. Because the Baofeng picked up emergency frequencies. You know? I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes, you've heard our discussions, you've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top-notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land, so whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course, they have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance, they have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. 
Um, so I guess that just kind of depends. I don't know. I mean, are you pretty much, are you on board with that? Is that kind of. Yeah, I agree. And we're still in our journey of learning and growing in this aspect. So that's, that's our two cents right now. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add to it. I mean, in in a real emergency, we talk about like the bug out or crazy shit hit the fan, which I hate using that stupid term, but situation like bugging out we're using we're not using phones or radios if it was going to be to that point like electronics buy yeah cell phones phones for the most part are going to be gone just um yeah yeah. no i mean so it's worth it to invest in our radio yes but i don't know that you need to invest invest it does that if that makes sense you know what i mean like don't don't pour hundreds into it unless you have a reason to um or if you're a radio nerd that's what i was gonna say if you're passionate about it dude spend the money and learn about it i think well, it's dude, an awesome you'll hobby. have you'll have dudes lining up asking you to join yeah. their tra- their training group if you come out and tell people you're a radio guy because nobody nobody's a radio guy you're like a, you're like the fucking unicorn you know they're gonna try and capture you and study you to be able to replicate you <laughs> like how do we make more radio people um which is actually a thing because ham radio is kind of dying so uh, it, it's joking but not really <laughs> you know um so all right uh let's see here next question oh this is a good one i've been waiting to get to this one when is josh finally getting his can that's a good oh, question shit. <laughs> and i know i know i exactly. want to know who asked that I want to know who I, asked that. Yeah, that one I remember specifically. That's Nick. Um, mm. Nick, that's always in our uh, the live. I was feature. thinking it was. I was thinking it was Nick. Um, so Nick, I just certified my Surefire SB2 today, so the clock has officially started. It took and how how long have you? It been took three months. That? It took three months for me to get to this point because I bought it off of a site that mixed up the model number because it was originally um, posted as an RC2, which is what I had wanted originally. Yep. And then after I had, I think it was after I paid for it, was looking at the pictures of it and I saw the little laser engraved name on it said SB2, which is their SBR version of the RC2. Some very small differences between the two cans, but that's not good. That's not good for ATF paperwork. So they had to resubmit the, the form to from like, it was a police trade-in, so they had to do like an agency thing, and then they had to do an ATF thing, and it all took entirely too long. And uh, so here I am. Um, I'm actually excited that I got the SP2 over the RC2 because it'll have a little bit less back pressure um, because the front, is it, what's it called, the end cap, wherever the bullet comes yeah, out, I don't know, end cap is is just slightly opened um, to for like shorter than ten inch five five six guns. They did that to in case the bullets coming out with um not as much stabilization it there was less chance of a baffle strike so for like g36s and seven inch ars which are dumb but um it it's kind of funny though because i i spent that much on an older surefire now that we have the rc3 out which is a reduced back pressure can it's obviously not going to be as much flow through but it's kind of cool that i'm getting a tiny bit more Mm -hmm. than an rc2 um it's going to be my rugged beater can that lives on my my 10-3 and I'll put it every now and then on my 13-9. Um, I actually have a Griffin, a Griffin armament, uh, dual lock seven that will be here soon to certify. Um, hopefully. So when you say you'll be here soon to certify, that means you'll be able to start the clock on that one as well. Then 
Right. Yeah, that's direct from Griffin, brand new, so less um, hiccups along the way um, with that guy. So that'll. The, I'm really excited for that one. <clears throat> I'm also my really my dealer guy is going to be at Shot Show, so probably after Shot Show, I'll go and certify it or something. I'll go see it. Really interested to be able to do a comparison. You know, Steve has his on the way. He's got the the Huckwork, Huxworks flow. Yep. I have a Dead Air Sandman, right? And then you'll have uh, a Surefire and a Griffin, and just the kind of the comparison, you know, because we all yep. run at least to some extent or another have like some short barrel setups between between mm-hmm. us, um, and just you know hearing and seeing and feeling uh, the performance differences. You know, the back pressure mm-hmm. with the Huxworks, um, and the performance just side by side, and and you know, audibly listening and stuff. Um, yep. cause everyone freaks out and you should, right. You should, because you have to wait so long for these stupid ass tax stamps and everything. You want to make a good decision, right? You don't want to go buy like just whatever can you want to be smart about it. Um, yep. so very interested to see I, how that goes. Yeah. I think the, the biggest differences we'll see will be back pressure. Cause at least from watching Mojo and their him and his buddies run a lot of 30 cal cans and they're like, when we're all shooting and training together, we can't really notice the difference. We're just shooters. We're not nerding out about everything that's happening mm-hmm. to inside the suppressor. Like I think they're all going to be great. And I think it's going to really uh, enhance our sessions and maybe open up some opportunities for more low light and outdoor shooting and night vision shooting, which I really want to yeah. do more of, which Super we haven't really very very little night vision shooting so i'm hoping that once we all are suppressed that opens up more opportunities yeah for sure um okay can you talk about the realities of cold weather prep slash survival yes next question if you sweat you're gonna die (laughs) no um so i mean we're obviously we're in the middle of winter right and it's and Josh just makes a very interesting point saying, if you sweat, you're going to die. And here's, here's the thing. It's what makes wearing, just putting on a raincoat in inclement weather, a major consideration in group movements and things. Um, when you bundle up to preserve your body heat and temperature, right? Cause you don't, you don't want to get hypothermia, obviously. Right. Um, but then you also trap heat, which means if you oh, if you exert yourself, and this is why, like when we go out and you go shovel snow and stuff, like I did today on my lunch break, and you come in and like you are pouring sweat, and it's because a you're working, you know, shuffling snow and everything, but the exertion is not what's making you sweat and perspire and everything and making your body work so hard. It's that in conjunction with you're trapping the heat, so um, that's a big, big big thing you have to be aware of with cold weather survival and why it's so important to stay hydrated and it works with a raincoat too because a raincoat works in a way that's going to keep you dry but it also has the somewhat unintended side effect of trapping heat that plasticky material all your raincoats are made out of so same deal you're going to work harder from a body perspective and dehydration becomes a real it's a real consideration um, and I would say that's from cold weather prep and survival. That should be one of your first things you think about is your deep traps is your moisture energy. too. Is it's what it traps moisture too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now I don't know. I mean, wh- we can go a lot of different ways with realities of cold weather prep. We did talk already about apparel. Um, so we don't get super into base layers other than that. You should definitely invest in some base layers. Like, just go by the, like I have uh, the bottoms that I have for base layers are Cabela's brand. They're just Cabela's long johns mm-hmm. and they're fine. They're great. They were like 20 bucks. 
it's not it doesn't have to be anything you know super gucci you know yeah um with uh with with since we already talked about clothing um make sure you're freaking houses are in order you're freaking i have a i have a steam boiler can be fun um i had i just new homeowner last year like had to learn how to turn the pilot light on and you know stuff like that make sure your stuff is okay. good for the winter so it doesn't die on you in the, at the worst time in the middle of a, a blizzard jeez yeah uh, make sure your make sure your car has gas in it like we don't let our cars go below half a tank in the Same. winter time yep um and have some have some extra like have an extra coat emergency blankets um food inside your car um you burn more calories when your body is trying to keep itself warm. Yeah. And I know hydration, like I have water in the car. It can be hit or miss if it's, you know, it's, if it's freezing out, those bottles are going to freeze too. But, you know, have, have your stuff ready to go. The worst thing would be to lose control off the side of a highway, depending on where you live. And you're out there for hours before you're recovered or people come to help you. Um, we saw that in Buffalo, I think last year, maybe two years ago, that really bad uh, blizzard that, a lot Shit, of people died in last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys yeah, know watching football. They had people, they were paying people to come out there and shovel out the stadium to, so they could play the, the playoff game yeah. for the bills. It's wild. Uh, yeah. We it's, had that, I think it was a 16 year old girl. It was a young girl. Um, She might've been older, died in her car because of the carbon monoxide. Once her car was idling um, and she couldn't get home and then the snow filled up over the muffler and it, she just yeah. died inside the car. Didn't he? she basically just fell asleep and didn't know it. Uh, it's it's serious stuff so yeah i mean just being aware and commonsensical about a lot of things will help in cold weather um some of the stuff you you just nailed on right have an emergency blanket or two because they're so cheap right um in your vehicle have extra clothing and i say this because not because you you know you need to put on extra layers you might but if you have to get out of the vehicle to do something to assist somebody or try to get yourself, uh, you know, unstuck or something, and you're covered in snow, you are now cold and you are now wet, and changing your clothes will go a long way. So, like in my car, I keep two extra pairs of boxers, two extra t-shirts, two extra pairs of socks, and a hoodie and a jacket at all times. I've not had to use them yet, but it's not exactly something that I'm worried about, you know, having. Keep. Uh, keep a set of jumper cables in your car. Like, and that's, that's an all year thing, but here's one of the biggest issues. And I had this problem with, uh, before I, I got a new vehicle, like brand new vehicle. I had a like 2008, I think it was a Pontiac Torrent, which is a Chevy Equinox, but with a Pontiac badge on it. At any rate, um, <laughs> dude, I went through three batteries in one winter. <clears throat> and the first time it was because, you know, one, one cell went out in, in the battery um, and of course it was, it was like the winter of 2019 when we had like negative 42 degree wind chills here in Michigan and it was brutal. Uh, and then it turns out that we had like, there was an electrical issue with the car, but at any rate, the car needed to be started. I needed to get into the office. I needed to be able to run and move it and everything. So yes, you have to have jumper cables and get decent ones. Don't just buy the cheapest thing you find on Amazon or buy something off a gas station shelf, go to like AutoZone, go to Home Depot or something. And even if it's not to help you, you could seriously help somebody else, especially if you're talking about the elderly and things, uh, you know, people who don't leave their house a lot. A lot of us are still not back to work full-time or I'm not even, I work from home every day. I didn't go back to the office, which means my car 
will sometimes go three, four days without being turned on because I don't have a need to leave the house. When it's this cold out, that cold air just blows straight through your radiator and everything. If you have an older vehicle, it may not start on the first time. And if you have an emergency and you need to leave or you know, even just need to leave to go get groceries and things, you need the vehicle to be able to start, have jumper cables. Um, that's just your basic stuff around the house, right? You know, um, in terms of cold weather survival, uh, it, it, it's not a, it's not a winning proposition in a lot of instances. Um, especially if you have any kind of small children, like you're really, really in bad shape, you know, yeah. um, you, yeah, you know, we talked a lot about in the vehicles and stuff. And I like to think that that's the worst of it would be getting stuck in a vehicle somewhere, right? Like snowed on the side of a road or just stuck in nasty traffic. Um, and you have enough things in your car. Yes. They're going to be crabby because they want to eat and you only have water, but at least you have water. Right. Um, but in terms of survival, like that's just basic stuff that just gets applied in the winter. And you hope you have the base layers and the clothing to address the climate change. I think I'm not an expert in that. I'll own that. I don't know if they did anything with you guys differently in the military or anything you could, you could share from, from your time in the, the Pacific Northwest. Are you talking clothing wise or just generally just in general, just in general, you know, being out in the elements. Yeah. I mean the, the PNW uh, for the most part doesn't really get snow. I think I saw snow twice in the almost five years that I was there. That always surprises um, me. I don't think they get a ton of snow, you know? It's just so, it just rains all the time, dude. So um, <laughs> freezing freezing rain is a thing. It, it'll get cold enough in the winter, usually to be just cold enough for it to not snow. So like freezing rain mm-hmm. and then just, I mean, it'll freeze overnight maybe. Um, and then the times that there were snow, I mean, the, the clothing when we were in the field, the first time I was in the snow um, was right out of basic training. And our, our first sergeant actually had us run our, it was a, it was a squad sticks, which is like a pre live fire. So you're doing battle drills and stuff out in the woods, sometimes with blanks, um, sure. but you're not actually shooting, but we were moving a lot. And they, he had us stripped down to our silks and he had us put on our windbreaker uniforms, which was fucking miserable because <laughs> it was so cold but when we started moving we didn't sweat and there was a lot of airflow in our clothes um so that 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 stuck with me i remember that um but then also if you're stationary like then you bundle up and then we had they call the marshmallows it's just a snowsuit that you get issued top and bottoms they're awesome um, when you're sitting still those things are great i actually slept with it inside of my sleeping bag and it was honestly some of the best sleep i ever had in the field ironically and it was um, I mean, we, I woke up with my sleeping bag covered in snow. It was snowing on us. So yeah, I mean, the things we talked about with clothing apply, um, like survival, if you're thinking about like sleeping on the woods in the wintertime, um, build your shelter low. If it's a tarp, you can actually do a lot with the tarp. Um, I've slept in the teens, um, overnight when I was in middle school and I think high school, um, just a rope and a tarp nice and low and put some straw on the ground and it's actually pretty cozy. Your body heat will bounce off of the shelter. So the lower, the better and really cold. Um, and that can apply to emergency blankets. I've seen some guys do the igloo thing and it works. You just gotta be, make sure you do it right and do it safely so that that thing doesn't collapse on you. Yeah. So that would not be good. So, 
Yeah, I mean, there's in, definitely in, more experienced people that can talk about winter and actual survival. Grantham's yeah. coming out with shotgun ice test. Watch that video; you'll know everything you need to know <laughs> after that. That's coming out on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's uh it's have have extras of pretty much anything you think you might need. Like, <clears throat> like if you wear gloves in the winter, and a lot of us do, right? The gloves that you have in your coat pocket don't count on those right so like two is one one is none like i always keep a pair of gloves and an extra hat in the door of my car um i have extra gloves and a hat in my ruck you know um so if i were to have to grab that and you know be out in the elements you know and just just have multiples of things um and then yeah i mean there's there's better there's better experts out there than us uh we live here in Michigan, uh, and so a lot of this, honestly, it seems really common sense and kind of stupid to have to say it, but like, like you said, you know, don't let your gas tank get below half a tank if you can at all help it. Um, one of the big things, honestly, because people take this for granted, is <clears throat> buy a vehicle that can be successful in the snow. Yes, because oh. I had a Dodge Dart last year and it sucked, dude. Oh my yeah, god! People don't real. I mean, it's great. Like I used to drive a lowered Honda Civic when I was younger. I thought it was sick. Yeah. Like you could barely slide a pack of cigarettes under that bitch. And let me tell you, I ripped the front bumper off of that thing both winters that I had it. <laughs> I was just pushing snow. It was so fucking annoying. It's horrible, um, dude. You gotta have then, something with some yeah, ground clearance. I mean, at the very least, like here's and it, and like you drive a Subaru. Subarus are great. That's why the the used prices on those things are always so retarded high. Is because they do well. They're all wheel drive vehicles. They're convenient. Uh, they're good family vehicles. They do a lot of station wagons and SUVs and stuff. And they're all wheel drive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, a Toyota Four Runner. Uh, any of the Jeeps, Jeeps lineup. Jeeps are great. Yeah. That's why Jeeps all my family great. has Jeeps. That's, so. I drive a Cherokee. You know, I love my car. Yep. Uh, my wife has a compass. I, I it was one of the things when we made the commitment financially to get into newer vehicles or into new vehicles was I want something safe, you know, and with that uh, tires, you know, like you'll be fine with decent all seasons on there. You don't got to go out and get snow and muds and stuff. You can, if you want, if you want to make that commitment and some people do and <clears throat> whatever, you don't have to have snow tires on. And here's the thing. You cannot drive on snow and muds all year round. I mean, you can, but they're going to wear out faster and they make just a horrific amount of like road noise when you're driving on them. But if you have decent all season tires, you'll be fine. As long as you don't let your tires get bald because people want to cut that corner all the time and they don't want to put money into the regular maintenance of their vehicle. And with that, I guess I'll even say like, make sure you're up on your oil changes. Your vehicle in bad weather is your lifeline whether it's to get out of a blizzard, if you're evacuating because of an impending blizzard, or you have a medical emergency and you need to get to a hospital, your vehicle needs to be up and running. That that honestly, more than anything else in the in the, the winter uh, living in Michigan here, and we've had some pretty gnarly ones, uh, that kind of stuff is what saves has saved me and saves people more than anything else. It's just those basic common sense things. You know, I mean, a lot of it past that is just like comfort stuff, you know, like you don't really need to do anything crazy. Uh, if you're looking to go survive out in the snow, then this is, I mean, I'm not the guy to talk to. I'll, I'll own that right now. I am not the guy. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Okay. Thoughts on the Jerry, thir- the Jerry 31 Bino night vision worth spending the money. That's all you, bro. I have no idea what the hell he just said. Yo, you don't know what these are. You do. You just don't nope. know. What they think it's the probably. So these are the they've been oh, the cheap ones. 
Yeah, they're the the like four thousand okay. dollar binos you can get. They're like yeah. green or like Gen two plus, but they come with. So they come with NVT, I think it is. They're they're Chinese Gen two plus tubes in them, and that's the. So that's the real rub and sticking point people have with it. Like the price, everyone loves the price. Four grand for binos, sign yeah, me up for sure. <clears throat> um, and the housing, I think, is reminiscent or similar, right, to like the fourteen thirty ones, which is a good housing. Okay. Um, and they come with a battery pack and everything. So it's an attractive deal if you're getting into like your first set of nods and you're just like a casual nod user, <laughs> um, which let's be honest, that's like almost all of us. Yeah. None of us get to use it as much as we'd like. That's sadly the truth. <laughs> I, I wish I could use mine yeah. way more, but I think, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. What I will say is do research, man. Like I haven't dug into those. Um, I yeah, don't know the, I, I don't know enough about those NVT Chinese tubes. I know custom night vision who's, you know, shout out great sponsor for what we do here. Right. They've been starting to put out videos to answer questions because a lot of people are interested like, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, it's green phosphor. Okay, I can suck it up and deal with that for the you know better price. A lot of us would, right? Um, the quality of the tubes and the uh, like the lifespan, you know what I mean? Like the warranty or whatever on the device, I think is what people have questions on. I'm not going to say you shouldn't go buy those. I will say a that neither Josh nor myself have enough information like with anything like that um, to give you an honest to goodness answer here. We've both really only played with Elbit tubes, I'm pretty sure. Unless you had like L, did you have an L3 in the the military? You know, sure. No, I mean they don't sure. issue it to you and say this is an L3 tube. Um, yeah. I've I've dealt I've seen uh, tons of green PVS14s, PSQ20s, which are a little. Those are probably L3. It's a really clean um, single tube with thermal. Those were green. And then briefly looked through the the newer 42s, which are dual tube white foss. I don't know what's in those probably l3 i'm assuming it's probably l3 throughout the military but i could be wrong yeah i mean if it's if you're really looking you want to spend that much money but you don't want to buy used because you're concerned or whatever i'd say it's probably from a financial standpoint your best option but i would also encourage you to look on the secondary market for like omni tubes from like photonis or something in binos or, or just elbits i mean you'll find elbits all the time on the secondhand guys that are yeah. upgrading you just have um, to be willing to look and be willing to put in the time to get vouchers for people so you're not like you know sending your money away to some foreign stranger who needs a i don't know yeah. lung transplant or whatever they scam people with the more you spend the nicer they're going to be that i mean everybody nobody's going to disagree with that um <laughs> i have the lowest spec tube out of everybody in our group that has nods and I will shamelessly probably say, I think I moved the best out of everybody because I've had a lot of time under night vision. Yeah. Um, and my spe- my tube is a l- mid-spec green tube. It's Gen 3, but it's, I mean, everybody else has white foss. It, it's, you just, you'll get time under it. You'll absolutely dominate anybody that has the highest spec super gain L3 tube that doesn't do much with it. Um. Yeah, I I look at more of the durability. I like track record. Those are brand new nods. So like, there's like nothing out about them. A PVS 14 has been around longer than I've been alive. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, I would err on the side of spending the money on a higher spec single tube 
over lower spec duals. That's me right now. And that's also me who's had years of looking through a single tube. Um, if you're just starting out and you're going straight to duals, you'll probably, I mean, I almost, I, I wouldn't say I prefer, but it's like really close. I almost prefer a single tube just because I'm so used to it, but it is really hard for guys to get used to when every, when it's just money and you can have whatever you want and dual tubes could be at your fingertips. Obviously that's going to be more attractive than trying to get over the learning curve that there is with a single tube. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, w- so. I will say if I were in the scenario and I was still saving, I, you know, and, and this year I would be kind of at the point where I'd have like the four grand together to do it. Right. Um, right. I would be waiting for more proof. I just, it's yeah. not that I, that's the track know, record thing I was kind of explaining. Like, just want to see yeah, before you know, just jumping a, into it. That's a lot of money still. It is. I don't have, and you could, how much, sorry. I mean, I don't, I don't have. The, the issue with the Chinese part that a lot of people do, like I run hollow sun dots on my pistols and a lot of guys get super torqued up about that. That's not the part that bothers me. It's the fact that those Chinese tubes, it's not the Fatanis, the Elbit, the L3 that has been the industry standard. So there's just not enough. Mm-hmm. For, for me, I'm saying there is just not enough data there for me to feel confident about dropping four grand. Like I'm sure the housing's fine. And if the housing sucked balls, you could, you know, have the tubes pulled and put into a different housing for 1500, but I don't, I just don't know. Um, I wish, I, I, I hope there's more data on that. I mean, cause if, if, if night vision is getting cheaper and this is like one of the major gateways to that, I think it's a good thing, for but sure. I don't know. I don't know enough to, to tell anybody how to spend their money in that regard anyway. You're, you're more in the know on pricing and units because I haven't really looked into it as much as you have. Say yeah. I save a, another few months and I save five grand instead of yeah. just jump, dropping <clears throat> on the four. What does the market have for me in the 5,000? Yeah, I mean, you'd probably, like price at five, you'd be able to probably get green phosphor duels, probably like some, I mean, they'd be used, right? They would be used, yeah. uh, but you could probably get either some 1431s or something comparable, um, maybe some like surplus RNVGs or something. Those are pretty rugged. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a, that'd be actually a pretty good deal, but um, you'd probably be able to get like some green phosphor Elbit tubes for around five grand used. Um, you just mm-hmm. have to buy your source and everything. Uh, yeah. you, and prices are only really going up on night vision, you know, like at and least we've, at this point, we've also passed like the highest spec PVS 14, which I think is still notable because you can get like yeah. a really, really clean PVS 14 for four grand, 4,500. Um, so think about that. I think it, I think it's tempting because every, every time I've trained in my nods, like I'm not thinking, man, I wish I had dual tubes. I'm thinking, man, I just wish this image was a little clearer. So if yeah. I do upgrade my PVS 14, it'll really tempt me to just sell it and spend some more and get a nicer pvs 14 that's just me though i know a lot of people would disagree with that but i mean having used both i will honestly say that i like the binos that i have i i will also say that what you mentioned earlier where time behind the unit is like trump's all um because that's really the difficult part there are there's advantages to both honestly the pvs 14 it makes passive aiming in my opinion way easier because you have that merged image between your two eyes i found passive to be way easier with a 14 yeah, that's not even arguable oh wait with a 14 yeah with a 14 oh, okay i thought, I thought you were going to say I, my brain went to dual tubes where you have both eyes open like in regular vision 
Um, no, I, I thought it was easier okay. with a fortune personally. Um, and you know, we should, we should train it more can vary. Yeah. Um, the other thing we're throwing out there too, you know, if you're set on four grand, like, yeah, you could get an L you could get an L three PVS 14 for about four grand. Um, and if you're not even going to, if you don't need that, you can just get a really good hand picked Elbit PVS 14 for like 32, 3,400, whatever, 35. Yeah. And then you have money to turn around and because here's the thing you buy the night vision, but then you need to buy a mount and you need to have a helmet. Yeah. So if you don't have those things, or if you only have one of those things, like a real Wilcox mount, a G24 is going to cost you about 500 bucks, maybe yeah. more, you know, than a noise fighters, J arms on their hundred and quarter. Right. Then your helmet and helmet. You don't skimp on that. I know we're kind of getting off the point they're asking about. So I don't, I don't know enough about these Jerry 31s yet. I think, I think people undervalue the performance of a gen two plus tube. I just don't know enough about the performance of the NBT tubes to say confidently if it's worth you getting, I would, if you had to make a decision, I would say, hold on and wait and see. Um, Because if they were, if they were that great, you'd, you'd see everybody talking about them. You would. Um, And we kind of see some people in the industry talking about it, but we don't see everybody. So I would wait for more info. Um. Okay, and this is cool. So staying on with this, the same kind of thought here. Recommendations for an IR laser. I was thinking of a Steiner D-Ball, but not sure. I'll let you go first because I know you have you have strong thoughts on Steiner. <laughs> not, I wouldn't say strong because I don't personally have any experience with the negative things that you hear about Steiner. But <laughs> I've heard a lot of negative things about Steiner, specifically with customer service and... Mm-hmm their units not being necessarily as durable like which is why there's so many customer service um stories i've heard of their single user their single laser units um having issues in cold weather which is a big deal being in michigan Mm -hmm. Um, but i don't have any personal experience with that yours has been great um yeah for a couple years now um it's like ah you're not actually i don't know if i've talked about it about it on the podcast, but I love my two hollow sun lasers. Um, I don't and have any intentions of changing them. That's I what I, I are IR light lighting to both <laughs> of them. Now um, one is the surefire vampire, which I can, I have to manually switch it if I want IR or white. And then I just, now I'll play with it this weekend. Got an Arasaka IR only head. It looks a little goofy, but I now have a white light with a high candela, similar to like a mod light. OKW Arasaka. And then the, um, the IR flashlights on the other side that I control with the pressure pad. So that's it. It's, it's a give and take, like it's a bulkier setup, a little more complex, maybe some more failure points. Cause there's now two lights with two sets mm-hmm. of batteries, whatever. Um, but it gives me a capability of a really nice white light and a really nice, I'll see this weekend should be really nice. Um, IR, which I think they compare it to a PEC 15 on their website. It's obviously different tech, so you're not able yeah. to focus it and whatnot. I want to see what the splash is going to be. If I shoot it out 300 yards, how much of the light is splashing back off the ground in front of me and auto getting my tubes? Like, we'll see. But single laser hollow sun units, I got cheap on tax swap. You can buy them brand new. Um, they're not really, I mean, the full units aren't really budget. You see them going for like 900 bucks, um, depending on what you're looking for. The, you now, with the illuminator and everything. Yeah, like the full, the full you can package. actually, yeah, you can see, you can get those uh, on sale at like primary arms for like 775. Right. Yeah. Pretty regular. So the used market, it's, I got both mine basically like 50% less. Um, and they've both been go. good. The 
the mounting system is hit or miss or unlike the the throw lever for the QD. Oh yeah, you're going to need to yeah, you're going to need to put some wire or a zip tie or something. That's that's been consistent yep. with even well the yeah. Steiner stuff too. The Steiner even switch. some of the Holosun optics use the same um QD um like the exact same one. It's like their EOTech open emitter looking mm-hmm. guy. I forget what the yeah, model that I don't is. know what it's called, yeah. Um the, I mean, the way they designed it is the button to release the lever can be activated under recoil, which is not great. So what you can do is, depending on where you put your flashlight, you can put a, you can mount your flashlight to be in the way of the lever, so the lever physically can't open while your flashlight's there. Um, that's what I have on my 10.3 because I mounted it on the outside, and then the the L the LE on my 13.9 the LE line, the throw lever's on the other side. So what I did was I just torqued it down good. And then I put a zip tie on it nice and tight and it, it lines up perfectly. It's it's mainly just to give me some peace of mind that it can't physically come off. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot with it before, like it started coming off on me when I was shooting once um, and I retorqued it, changed it up a little bit and then shot again, did some build drills with it and it never, it never came loose. And just as a redundancy, I put a, um, a zip tie over it. So some guys might be like, that's, so yeah, that's that's a really bad like, <laughs> it sounds great yeah. probably would sound crazy to some people it's no, totally I, normal to me because everything I, in the military is tied down with 550 cord uh, or zip well, ties and, or chicken none wire of the, not too many i would say maybe aside from the mall maybe the wilcox stuff which i've not played with none of the the lasers out there have perfect mounting systems you hear tons of stories about is not that great yeah people over torque those and because the polymer body with a metal screw they crack the bodies on those same thing with the app piles because that's just a civilian pack, right? Um, yeah. The mount on the Steiner is on the D ball line is not that much better. Um, it, it's it's a decent mount. I've had you know knock on wood. I have had great luck with mine. Um, the Hollow Sun having uh, you know that issue, it's not necessarily that big of a deal. You know, just put a zip tie on it. You know, make sure you're you're double checking your stuff and everything. You should be fine. Um, what I will point out with the D ball line is a, it, you know, the same thing I point out about a lot of stuff like the, the pack 15 or the app pile, like the RMR, which they're, they're good at what they are, but they're old. Steiner hasn't actually innovated in their IR line in a long time. And they finally just killed the 9,007, which was the I two. It was the visible and IR laser unit only with no illuminator. A lot of guys used to get that because it was like sub $1,000 and Steiner is regarded as a pretty good company. And a lot of the, those guys bought them before hollow sun made their offering. So that's one thing to consider. And I know we're seeing all the teaser posts right now because the time of this recording next week is, is shot show, right? Um, we're not seeing anything new from Steiner as far as I know on their IR laser. Hollow Sun is going to debut the Iris, their new weapon mounted laser unit. Uh, it looks super cool. Z-Bolt. Z-Bolt is going to, I think it's the Ocal or whatever. They're going to have their weapon mounted laser uh, that's supposed to be 1500 bucks and less. I really would, rec- if you're asking me for a recommendation based off the performance I've seen with Josh's setup and what I've experienced with my A3 that has a built-in illuminator, I would I would steer you seriously towards the Holosun stuff. If you want an all-enclosed unit, the 800 bucks is way better than the 1500 you're going to spend on the Steiner. Obviously, it's about half price. And if you want to do the laser with the the vampire light, it's probably going to be close, maybe 900 bucks, but you're going to have a better illuminator out of it. Yes, it's probably going to be you know, your white light's going to suffer a little bit. Um 
but you're probably gonna get better performance overall. Um, if I had to do it again, I would do it differently. I bought a Steiner cause I was sold on the name and I, I regret it. Civilian lasers are all, re- are all restricted to the same power output and your illuminator in most laser units, uh, is just a diffused laser. So your output is not going to be any greater. Um, and that's the real downfall with civilian illuminators. So if you're asking, you know, Hey, I was thinking about a Steiner D ball, you could look at the D two. They have a, that has a really good illuminator. It's a very chunky. She's a chunky girl. Um, if that doesn't buy that, I, I couldn't get over it. It's like some guys are into that. Yeah. You know, Hey, some people do pay extra for that. And that's, that's cool. It's, <laughs> it's just not for me, you know? Um, so I, I would, I would honestly, whatever, you know, what Josh just put out there and everything, I would look at the hollow sun stuff, um, more than anything else. So, um, we got one more here and we're done. So last one is, is more expensive gear always worth it. Do I have to upgrade from my condor carrier to be effective? To be effective? No. Yeah. To be it effective. To last you longer and maybe be a little more desirable. Yeah. Yeah. But you do. You can be, you can be effective um, with a pair of jeans and a holster and it mags in your belt or mags yeah. in your pockets. It's that's, I would, there's a difference there. I would say you can be effective. Like you said, with the condor carrier, um, you're probably going to run into some shortfalls with it. The cummerbund is going to be less ideal, at least from what I've seen. Right. Um, it's probably gonna be less adjustable and the pockets for your plates and stuff less ideal you're probably not going to get the features you want um qds and things like that it's it's not going to be the latest and greatest you can still be effective with it though and you know that's that's really just the the size of it so yes you can get away with cheaper gear like a condor carrier and if there's other things that you need to prioritize right now like uh you know more magazines like uh, a weapon light or a laser to go with your night vision or something like that then you know i would i would say that as long as your carrier works for you you're not running one of the carriers that just has like a like a clip together side cummerbund with it's you know two plate bags with a side clip together cummerbund one of the real cheap ones um you know, yes, you can probably put that need for a plate carrier or something or a chest rig uh, on the back burner. Condor makes like a taps rig, um, you know, so that there's there's some things that Condor makes like that. Actually, their their newest generation battle belt isn't terrible for the money. It really isn't. It's laser cut. And I think you can remove the the padding on the inside to like buy somebody else's inner belt and rock a two piece or something. Um, Condor just gets sold a lot because it's the biggest name brand. It's been around for a really fucking long time. It's you guys have Condor and like Rothko, right? At the PX, is that right? Yeah, I, I, there's some contract there because it was all over the place. You saw it all over the place with uh, conventional infantry guys. It's kind of and a joke too. Like the new guys got the Condor gear, but um, I mean, it's okay. It, I would I would seek out the the surplus market if you're in on the budget because there's some better nylon there. Um, so it's yes. older, but you mentioned a taps rig versus a condor taps rig. I would personally recommend just getting a taps rig off of a surplus store because they're great. Yeah, um, it's it's you're and you're going to see it in the quality. It'll the other stuff will hold up longer. The condor stuff, it's just aside from the internet cringe. It they don't they're not great about updating and pushing the limits in the market. They're just not, and that's maybe some of that's because they have contracts with LE. They have contracts with the government. I don't, I don't know. Um, but if you're asking me if you're going to be less effective, 
I don't know, it would be less effective. You just may not be as effective. Uh, if that makes sense, it's just not, it's not going to hold up. You are going to find yourself replacing it. And I know that because I bought Condor gear early on in my journey. I had the gen one, the big old fat diaper looking battle belt, you know, that like the old guys run. I had the, the, the crappy uh, plate carrier that was just a front bag and a plate and a, and a rear bag with a, with clips on the sides. Um, and it kind of looked like the one that John Krasinski wore in 13 hours. So I was like, this should be fine. And it wasn't, <laughs> um, you know, so uh, you can get away with it. I would say if, if you have other more pressing upgrades, like a white light or a better optic or something, yeah, you can probably put it on the back burner, but Condor gear, it, it should not be what you subscribe to for all of your kit. It's not like, it's not like HRT or Pharaoh or Spiritus where you can deck yourself out head to toe in their stuff and be good to go. Um, you're going to have issues with it. You, you will. And you'll find that out the more you use the kit and use it. It's just not if from a design perspective, you're, you're just, you're going to find the loopholes and the problems with it. I think pretty quickly, if you spend enough time on the range, you know, um, I don't know if you have, you have anything to add to that. I mean, I think it's pretty much Condor. No, I agree. I would say if you're on a budget, I would just look at surplus and then move up from there. There's a great mid tier line of, tons of companies doing mid-tier stuff and then you you can mention the nice nice stuff like hrt and for pharaoh and yeah. spiritus like there's d defense mechanisms t-rex like there's that nice middle ground um mm -hmm. before you get and, to gucci they, they make great stuff and then there's the gucci stuff so yeah. like you said prioritize your first things like weapon light optic whatever before you maybe jump to that if you already have a bag that holds plates to you that's good so yeah it's um, a start but yeah, yeah so agree. um Okay. Yeah. That is it for this one. Um, so yeah, man, cool. Hopefully we get to do another one of these in the near future and, uh, we'll see how, how that goes, but, uh, yeah, good stuff. So we really, uh, appreciate you guys providing the questions. Uh, it's actually one of the more fun episodes for us to do when we get to kind of off the cuff like that. Like I, I knew the questions in advance. Josh did not. Um, and you guys can't see his face, but especially when, like <laughs> when, when we asked about his cans and everything, just watching like the, the look at, of disbelief and everything. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun for us. Uh, and it's ironic. Like we literally were getting the messages in our group chat today because uh, of the the update and the change, right? For for Josh getting a suppressor, and then uh, it just happens that we record, and that's one of the questions that was submitted. Was uh, and I and I, I had to preface it <clears throat> before we started uh, recording. I told Josh I was like, just so you know, like I didn't drop any in here. Like there's nothing that I made up on the spot. There's nothing that like I put in here just to mess with you. Um, just so you know. Uh, so it, it's cool. Uh, and, and genuinely, if you guys have questions, like, please, uh, feel free to email us or, or direct message us and let us know what those questions are. Or if there's a topic you want us to speak on, uh, we're always looking for something else to, to talk on or to share. I mean, it's different for everybody. Like some of the stuff that we may just assume is general knowledge or something that we may assume doesn't, doesn't, you know, garner interest and attention from you guys. It may be something you really want us to dive into or, or share stories on. Uh, and it could be, you know, left field stuff too. It could be, it doesn't always have to be the most heavy of topics. Uh, so, uh, it is really fun. You know, I, I enjoy doing these from time to time. I know we do a lot of guest interviews and then we also try to have uh, discussions that are, are you know, 
based on topics that are relevant and, and, and things like that. And uh, it's it's cool to kind of change the mood up a little bit and be able to get into some of this stuff where uh, it's, it's a little bit, like I said, off the cuff, a little bit lighter hearted. We can make some jokes and some of these things we've, we've gotten into on the pod before, uh, some things we haven't. Uh, some things we we aren't able to because we just we lack the experience and the knowledge. So we're gonna we're gonna steer you you know to uh, a, a subject matter expert or a SME that that can you know. Um, and we did that a couple times. We pointed out some pretty good resources in in some of those answers and things. And certainly, if you guys have additional questions or uh, you have follow on questions or or concerns, like you know, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll do our best to address those, or maybe it's a follow-up episode and, you know, maybe we'll try doing this, I don't know, like once a quarter or something. We'll, we'll make sure that we have one of these grab bags where, uh, like as I get questions and I just immediately answer them, but I, I, I kind of need to be better about retaining those questions for these purposes. Um, instead of just kind of like filing it away to the recesses of my, <laughs> my, my smooth brain, uh, and, and forgetting that, you know, that's probably a question that would help more than one person and it would be worth the time to uh discuss that with with josh and i in an open forum and and get that information out to you guys so um i hope you guys enjoyed it first and foremost like i think that's that's the big thing right i mean people listen to podcasts for enjoyment entertainment um it's certainly one of the things that keeps me going through this is the positive feedback and people telling me they enjoy this but i hope you guys learn some stuff too and Again, I'll just say it again. If you, there's something you need us to get into or want us to talk about, like just shoot us a message. We're we're pretty knowledgeable dudes, and if not, we have a lot of resources that we can leverage or direct you guys to for for questions and things like that. Um, you know, as the as the year kicks off here, we're still in January, but there's going to be a lot this year that we get into. There's uh, you were we're both going to be in the Orion training class, Orion training group class, I should say, uh, which is like four months away, <clears throat> less than that actually. It's crazy that it's it's getting so close. Uh, I'm personally really really excited uh, that we're able to do that and that we're actually going to have like a pretty decent group of guys together. Uh, that we know and we know locally that are going to be in attendance that we'll be able to you know leverage those relationships and have a, a pretty good learning experience. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we have lined up for this year, both on the pod and on the content side that we really want to uh, build up and release for you guys. So uh, no pun intended there. I, that sounded so awful as I <laughs> as it left my mouth. So um, you know the year is just getting rolling and it. It, 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 in a lot of ways, it feels like it's already been 2024 for a while, and in others, you know, it feels like we just got started. So, at any rate, you guys, I will wrap it there. Uh, I don't have anything else for you this week. As always, we appreciate you guys sticking around and listening. Uh, check out our sponsors. Check out the Patreon page if you guys haven't. That that really does go a long way. And you know, always looking for interaction and feedback over on Patreon. Uh, but until next week, folks, that's all from Prepared Mindset. You guys, be safe out there. If you're in the northern states uh, and you're, you're living through this polar vortex like we have, uh, stay warm out there. I will say if you're not paying attention, go Lions, and you should be because this is historic, and my Lions are going to – they're doing good things, man. You guys should, you guys should check it out. Uh, but like we always say here, you guys, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. <laughs>